Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Metal Future. We have another interview segment on on this wonderful show over here. I'm sorry I don't have John today with me, but he's off doing some other special projects, so it's just me alone. We got Trey Cecilio on from from Sincere. Hey, uh, Trey, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me again, man. Yeah, and we're going to talk some metal over here. Uh, This is a really interesting fellow because he's not just isolated on one thing. You know, like I just played a guitar. This guy, uh, he does a production. He knows a lot about studio work. He's doing the singing. You know, so he, he has a real uh, hand in all kinds of different things. So I think it makes for an even more interesting interview because we can go broader and talk about more things. And I know you got some new projects that are coming up, so let's talk about that there, Trey. Well, I've, uh, the other band that I've been involved in for probably like the last eight or nine years, uh, Count Your Dead, that's another heavy metal band. Uh, we're actually getting ready to release our second record, Still Bleeding. Uh, that'll actually be available on Halloween. Uh, so we've been prepping for that. Uh, right now, it's 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 in post production. Um, pretty much just doing the you know dot. Uh, what how do they say it? Uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I sort of yeah, thing. So, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, getting artwork finalized and all of that fun stuff. But that'll be coming out. So uh, we're getting ready to get back on the road and do some more shows with that. So. Uh, that'll be that'll be a whole lot of fun. I, I love the title, Still Bleeding. I mean, that's just metal right there. You can't oh, get yeah. no metal title than that. That's, oh, yeah. It. yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, what's great about, what's great about that band, too, um, as I've said in other interviews that I've done for them, um, all of the titles that, we, that we've that we used sort of coincide with the stage that we're at in that point in time. Like, uh, our first album was called No Return. And No Return was sort of saying, you know, we've come this far. We've put in all of this time, all of this effort, all this money, blood, sweat, and tears. There's no going back from this. There is no return. So that was that was how that one came about. And then uh, five years later, whenever we put out our EP Ghost, uh, we had actually kind of like was we were at a low point. Like we had just lost our drummer. We were going through the phase of like different drummers, different bass players, and this and that. And I had actually left the group around that time too. So like the band was kind of going through like, you know, all those transitions and it was kind of like we were losing our identity. Like, you know, we were like irrelevant to the scene. So we were like ghosts. So, you know, that was kind of how that coincided with that. And then now, you know, after after eight years from releasing this first album, now we're coming back and it's like, hey, we're not we're not dead. We're not down and out. We're still bleeding. We're still here. We're still kicking ass. So like that was kind of the mentality following following all of that so it's just another you know chapter in the story of you know count your dead so to speak yeah it makes it makes sense actually uh, from a, a more literal standpoint about oh, yeah. about just your own uh, personal survival to get somewhere to uh, be a, a unit and because you know a lot of people forget that a band is really no different in many ways than a team or even a family oh if yeah you don't have some cohesion if you don't generally get along to get something done 
just gonna have a big fight and, and then everybody's gonna walk their you know in their own separate ways and you don't have anything go on so sometimes people forget that 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 bands uh just like anybody else that a human out there you know they can have their own issues and it takes an extra strength and a, you know, a bit of, of courage to, to make it through yeah absolutely and uh, for us too like it's it's been the three of us me jonathan and julio jonathan's the lead singer and julio's the guitar player Really, it's been those two guys. Those guys are the backbone. They're, they're the heart and soul of the group. They're the ones who keep the machine going. Uh, um, uh, I've never seen eight, two other guys dedicated so dedicated to to their craft, you know, to to writing music. And despite the fact that everyone we've all we've all came up with, you know, because um, at one point there was like five or six bands in our in just our small town that we would always like, you know, go like to separate jam sessions and just hang out with everybody. And now there's nobody, man, like nobody plays music anymore. Like not in that town, not in that area, really. Our like our new drummer that we got is actually from Corpus Christi. So like he, we actually have to like commute over there. Or he has to come meet us and I'm all the way. <laughs> holy and I'm, holy. Dude. And I'm all the way in San Marcos. So like I'm driving two and a half hours over there so that way we can get like, you know, maybe one day of, of, of a good jam session. Trey, so, yeah. Trey's got to import people in just to be able to do this thing. That's amazing. Hey man, you got to do what you got to do, man. I, I hear you, man. You'll be calling yeah. up Amazon next the way this is going. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Don't think I haven't thought of that, my friend. Yeah, it's like, can I can I click a drummer over here and have him drop <laughs> off? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing, too, about uh, recording the new record. Uh, we unfortunately had to um, program all of the drums ourselves because we couldn't find a drummer in time to you know, do all of the necessary, you know, things that we needed specifically for this album, because this album had to be a step up from no return. And the drumming, I think to me is the most crucial thing of Count Your Dead. You know, that's kind of where everything follows. And it, it has to be it has to be spectacular. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to find anybody up until now that can really fill that spot. Wow. So we kind of had to rely on technology. But, I mean, everything that you hear is completely programmed from us, like down to the velocity of the certain hits on the snare and, like, the kick and everything. Like, we, we micro-examined everything, like uh, the specific toms that we used, the, the, the bass drum, the hi-hats, the crashes, like everything. Everything was detailed so that way it had that human-like feel once you listen to it. Like we don't want you to hear and think like, oh, it's it's a good recording. But yeah, we can tell. Like we want you to hear and be like, that is Count Your Dead. That is a heavy metal album kind of thing. That's what oh, we're going I hear you. You, you, don't, you don't want to sound like, uh, you know, you're, you're singing like Motorhead, but, you know, the, 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 the drum sounds like Culture Club. It sounds like right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was the only thing. Everything else was recorded from scratch. Uh, the bass, the guitar. I mean, we put we put a lot of we put a lot of money into this record. Like we we uh, we uh, how can I say it? Um, we as far as like our recording space, like we treated all of the rooms, like um, soundproofed it. Uh, we we bought brand new mics, new brand new chords. Uh, new preamps, compressors. Uh, I mean, we used it all, man, on this album. So like, we went all out, and um, I feel like it, it's it's definitely a step up from No Return. I mean, you're, you're hearing it's just gonna the idea is to hear it and for it to just you know punch you straight in the face, sort of thing. Wow, that's great. I'm definitely always excited to hear that. And 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 to the audience out there, if you're not aware of this already, um, 
what we're talking about right now it's not a conversation we could even have had 30 years ago where a band will go out and and pretty much do some clubs hope to hell some guy discovers them and then they're waiting for an invitation to come inside a studio that a record uh, company is renting to do something. So pretty much you're outside all the time until somebody invites you. It's not the same thing now where people can can do their own production or, or pre-production where they have a, a real a real uh, hand into stuff. I mean, some record labels I've seen literally just say, give me what you got and we'll examine it to see if it's, if it's worth our time to go further. Because they almost expect that now, so it's a very, very different music experience than than when I was uh, reviewing, listening to live metal when I lived in Germany in the eighties. It's just it's a whole nother lifetime and a whole nother a way of going about it. It's just really a new world of of, of music. You know what's crazy too is that it's almost like it's reversed in a sense because, like the way I remember it when I was a kid. Uh, because, you know, like, cassettes were still a thing when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that, like, I remember bands saying that, like, if only certain bands could get, like, your their music on a CD or get it on a cassette tape. You know, like, that itself was a big deal. And now you think about now and, like, I mean, first first off, CDs are already obsolete. But now it's like, oh, well, what's your Spotify link? Or, oh, what's your SoundCloud link? Now it's, like, it's so common now. It's 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 almost like it's it's went you know, with 360, because now you got people that are, they don't even necessarily have to go to go to venues anymore to get their name out there. Now, all they have to really do is submit a song to a certain playlist. And if that playlist has enough followers, more enough people are going to listen to it. And, and, you know, compared to a small venue where it's just one city, as opposed to the entire world where Spotify is played at, it's like, how do you compete with that? So like, it's just weird how, like, like you said, like how it's totally, how it's a totally different time now like that like boggles my mind that you know we have people from other all over the world actually listening to us like it's just like whoa like who would imagine that could ever be possible you know i have to take into account seriously because if i'm doing a a review of an album you know or if i'm doing an interview if i don't understand some of the things that they're dealing with and some of the things they have to struggle with or even some of the things that become more standard now then i'm just an old guy out of my element so i really need to know what's going on but I've learned from even um, the podcast that um, I have networks here that don't normally carry podcasts, but now iHeart has me and Spotify has me. They mm-hmm. normally do music, but now that they carry podcasts, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting listeners, I'm getting contacts, mm-hmm. and I'm getting things just from being on these networks. So it, yeah. it helps the show too. So uh, as much as I'm having to learn what musicians are going through, I'm having to learn as a as a podcaster. To, to not think so limited and, and, and to see what's what's out there and, and what can be possible. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing too, man, is podcasting is so huge now. Like, I, I, I remember when I was a teenager and like the very first time I, I heard about a podcast, uh, you couldn't stream it. You you can only download them. Uh, like, I know um, like Bam Margera used to have like Radio Bam and he would, uh, he would have all his episodes for download like a week after the show came out. But I remember I was listening to a certain band and they were like, oh, well, they're on this new podcast episode, but you got to download it. And, you know, back then the computers were so damn slow. So, like, it took like maybe, I don't know, like 15, 30 minutes to download, like, you know, a podcast episode. But, like, once I listened to it, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, standard, like what we're doing right now. But that was that was the very first time I had heard of a podcast. And I think I was like maybe 14 at the time. So, like, that was then. And to think of it now. 
and it's such a big thing now. Like, I mean, you know, everybody has podcasts almost. So like, you're like, it's a, it's a very difficult field to compete in, I think. But if you, I feel like if you got something really good, then people are going to, people are going to listen, you know? So. Well, what I, what I found, uh, especially with the literary show that I do, you know, Strength to Be Human, that mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a lot of literary shows. So I was able to, to build a smaller to a, a bigger audience just because right. I'm filling in a void that's not there. And, and, and I don't have to worry about that as, as much. You know, if I was doing another sports show, another news show, another science fiction show, I mean, yeah, you get drowned out real quick. I mean, it, so you, you have to be careful about that. I was fortunate. You know, yeah. even in the even in the metal thing that we, we're we're doing with this as well. You know, I'm I'm I have record companies giving me a bunch of stuff to review, and we've done some interviews already, and I, and I'm I'm moving forward. They still take it seriously because it's another legitimate way for them to to promote what they're trying to do. Uh, but also, uh, it's also important to to realize that, you know, I'm I'm a little older than some of these other people. So, uh, and I've been doing this around the world, following the metal acts. I met a number of them: Dio, King Diamond, you know, Lemmy before he died. So, I I know a, a whole lifetime of, of this. So it, it kind of helps too to to lend a little bit more, um, I, I guess you could say, history to it, and and, and maybe some more. You know, credibility. I, I can be a fan, but I can also be somebody that you know that could say I like this, so I'm not sure about that. And you know, so I, I'm happy to uh, to be a to be a real part of that. And 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 being a part of that is, is talking to uh, folks like you uh, that um, they have a real hand in it and a lot that's going on. I, I to me, I find that terribly interesting just from a creative standpoint. But I also think that in many ways, um, you're the future of metal. I mean, let's let's face it, Dio is gone. Motley Crue is is, is re- retired. Uh, Dawkins still fighting, not doing a whole damn much. You know, uh, Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Maiden has a couple of years before they're all going to be gone. I mean, the dudes are in the 70s, and what can yeah. I really expect? You know, quite yeah. frankly, and I'm not even trying to make fun of them. This is the truth. I mean, we can't keep holding on to these people forever. Ozzy has more health problems than he has friggin' songs. You know, so <laughs> it's only a matter of time for he's going to probably retire. So yeah. we we need to be worrying about who's going to be the next generation, what's going to be going out there, what are we what are we doing to you know put the, the foot forward over there and try to help support that. You just can't hold on to Black Sabbath forever. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, I I think one of the big complaints I've been hearing lately is that uh, digital digital music is what's going to ruin everything that we're. Like as far as like the new generation goes, because, you know, drum samples, triggers, uh, all these different plugins, uh, simulators, amp simulators, all this stuff like this is like replacing like the modern, you know, way of recording and things. And I mean, I I don't know. I mean, that that's that's open to debate. But to me, my my take on the whole thing is if you really if if what you're writing really comes from within you, like if you're really feeling what you're writing that's going to translate through and it doesn't matter how polished or unpolished your sound is that's going to always come through and people are always going to connect to that so i feel like as long as people are still being true to the way they write i don't really think metal and gen- especially is going to deteriorate any i think if anything it's just going to keep getting better but i feel like we also need to remember not to rely on technology so much um i feel like it should like i know for me i use it more is because I can't afford like if I could actually afford to bring in a drummer and lay down drums for everything I do, I would be more than happy to have that actual human 
like factor on it, but I can't afford that. So I have to work with what I have, you know, and I think a lot of other engineers and musicians feel the same way that, so like, it's not, it's not even so much that we're lazy. It's just that it's just, it's just, you know, better financially for everyone involved, you know, and especially like working at, working at home as opposed to going, you know, however many miles out of your way to a recording studio and, you know, spending however many hours that you're there and you're booking and this and that as opposed to staying at home and being able to work with everything at your disposal right in your very own living room or whatever like I mean it's just it's I don't know it's it is very convenient but I feel like as long as you still have that drive then the spirit's going to remain the same and I I agree from that the creative standpoint that people um they're they're, they're misunderstanding um the technology uh, somehow is going to hurt the heart of metal. That's, right. To me, that's a real misunderstanding because in many ways, it's probably going to keep metal going for the next 20 or 30 years. So they're really wrong about that. But they're right about one thing that, that I encountered and that, you know, I know you're not going to encounter, but other people might still encounter is uh, a perfect example was is I, I was working with uh, uh, some symph symphonic metal bands in, in Europe and one of the things I discovered when I was talking with them and what they discovered and it was a, a real a real horrendous mess was is that they were able to do all the symphonic things that they needed to do to continue that genre and make their album in the studio, but found out that when they finally got themselves on a tour, they couldn't reproduce a lot of that stuff because it was just too normally expensive for the people that were promoting the tour. Mm -hmm. So they had to strip that down. But unfortunately you can't strip down a symphonic metal album on, on, on a live stage. It, it just sounds like everybody else, and what the hell is the point of being symphonic metal? And you can't tell the audience, hey, listen, catch this album because you'll hear the symphonic parts, but right now we can't do that. So, I mean, they had to duck out of some stuff, and they had to do different things, and, you know, it became a real depressing thing because ultimately what they were doing technologically wasn't reproducible, on the tour without having an enormous amount of money at the disposal. And a lot of the tours just simply didn't have that. Yeah. Not to mention, even if they were to replicate, try and replicate the sound with, without the, without that other part of the group, the, the, the amount of money that it would cost to replicate that would probably just be as much as it would to just, you know, keep the rest of the band on. So you're just kind of at a loss with, with money there, unfortunately. I've heard this happen three or four times already. In fact, one one band that I was working with, a, a symphonic metal band, they were they were that type of symphonic metal band that had four singers, okay? Often, mm -hmm. often all singing different parts of the song in the same song, not four singers throughout the album. I mean, four singers on the damn song. Right. So the tour person was like, listen, that's so sophisticated for us to do on this tour that we're not even sure if you can have all four singers. Yeah. All, all the mic issues and all the other problems that they were dealing with, again, on the technical basis, where, you know, some symphonic metals, they only have one or two singers. There's some that have three and four. So I, I found out on that particular genre, for, the, for people to be able to reproduce that out live, especially the way tours are these days and how difficult it is to even get on a tour, uh, that that becomes a, a, a real a real no no. So I can just imagine the decisions they have to make going forward. And both of the bands I dealt with, they said that the record label was happy to promote them and, and happy to produce them, uh, but could never get them on a tour, and they had to live with that. And as you already know, 
you know, touring is really where the money is, not the mm-hmm. album, not the album. And they yep. did they did well getting that album sold for a symphonic album. They did a lot of uh, Facebook marketing and they did a lot of other uh, clever and interesting things. They go out there. They were even able to reproduce part of it in a club setting. But on on a bigger venue or an arena type thing, it just wasn't even possible to do. Right. So um, I don't know how other other forms of metal, you know, that would be an issue or not. I mean, I don't know how Viking metal, if they had anything special sounding or doom metal or something. But yeah, I know for that particular genre, it's it, it's it's a real it's a real issue. So I guess from that standpoint, you know, I don't think the heart of metal gets ruined by technology. But there might be certain things that they we do and uh, that we rely on technology that's not always going to be able to follow us. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Not without having Van Halen money or something to go out there with, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, that was one of the things I remember, uh, like, whenever Seth MacFarlane, the creator family guy, he uh, he put out his own album one time. And I remember watching, like, a like a behind-the-scene making of or whatever, and he was talking about how that kind of that kind of music is a lost art now and it's not it's it's underappreciated and i'm but i'm sitting there thinking to myself but dude you're in like one of the most expensive studios with the whole band like you can afford that not everybody can afford that maybe if it was more of a common kind of thing then people would be more open to it but i mean it's just there's just too much money (laughs) way too much money in that that like i don't even know if like I just I don't know it's just it's wild man like how it's it's insane how much money really goes into this business and how much you're pretty much losing like you're willing to lose you know just to get just to get people to notice you kind of thing yeah I, I hear I hear it all the all the time and and, and sometimes uh, people because um, this is something also that was new that people either a part of one or two or three bands or, or they're simply part of the band on a part-time basis because they're doing something else to, to keep themselves financially afloat and, and how that sometimes can affect things. So oftentimes uh, these days in a metal band, no matter how good you are, no matter how uh, creative you might be, um, you, have to, you have to depend more on luck sometimes than, than anything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to even say, like, I remember reading an article about one of the members of At The Gates, a melodic death metal band, uh like they were they were they were doing good financially when they were touring but like it wasn't enough to sustain you know like a a full-time career so he would actually he was actually a teacher on the side and then during the summer like that was whenever they would go out on tour and do you know do their thing but like that was what he did but like he still like he still kept it in and with everything he was doing but like yeah there's just it, it really is just luck the luck of the draw and timing sometimes because i mean you have bands like cannibal corpse that are just well maybe not right now necessarily with you know all the stuff going on but i mean you have bands like that that are able to actually like keep keep going and playing all these big big festivals and still able to you know like still sign to a record label and still put out albums after almost 30 years you know it's it's pretty impressive so i mean it's just it's really unpredictable you just you really never know you know how a band's gonna go yeah, you, you you really don't. You you, you can't put a, a finger on it as much as you used to be able to do it in, in in the in the past. You know, I mean, if you look at Sweden, I mean, they put out more progressive metal than probably any any country on earth, including America now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most people don't even know half these bands, but in Europe, locally, they do quite well for themselves. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and they're happy with, with what they do. 
and 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 they're all very interesting and, and, and all very clever and everything but in in the end um it's only going to be one or two of maybe a whole cluster of them that that's probably going to have a 10 or 20 year career most of them yeah. are not going to no matter how well they did initially because it's really about what you can do from the long run but nobody knows what the long run is they don't know if they're going to get onto this tour or not or if this is going to become a single or you know, people are going to somehow become really interested in them and move everything forward. No, nobody knows that, so that's why you got people that are in five, six bands. Mm-hmm. You got people that do things part time. I was chatting with the the lead singer for Warbringer, and he was telling me, "Yeah, dude, I'm studying to be a, a professor of history because when this is over with, you know, I, I like to be able to, you know, have a stable relationship and, and, and have a stable job and and go about things." He goes, "I love doing, I love the touring, but I, I'm not getting any younger." So he's already preparing. You know, for the next stage of his life, because he understands that he's not doing this when he's fifty. You know, he's gonna, yeah, he's going to yeah. do something else. And they write about history a lot, and a lot of their albums are all about all these interesting historical things. So oh I, yeah, Wordbringer, Wordbringer is amazing. Uh, I actually came across them because um, we're actually on one of their playlists. Uh, we're, we we made it onto a Spotify playlist they were they were listed on, and uh, I actually remember just one night hearing them and like those guys shred. Those guys are amazing. So yeah, I mean they're they're doing really good. So hopefully hopefully they can keep it going as long as they possibly can. Yeah, I did a, a view of their last album. It was just fabulous. I mean, I, oh, the yeah, whole damn yeah. album was just totally awesome. Yeah, all killer no filler for sure. Yeah, I just just love those guys and that guy who's really cool and and, and and chatted with me for a while. He was happy we did the the review and he really took the time for that and he had some interesting things to say. But you know, a, a very bright per- person. This stereotype of you know metal guys all being you know drug addicts and fools. I mean, that's some Hollywood nonsense because that's not oh, yeah. the reality. I I cannot believe how many people I talk to in metal doing metal. You know they're they're brighter than me, so I'm like, yeah. I mean that's that's just fantastic to hear, and 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 they understand that what they're doing is not just art and it's not just entertainment. It's also a form of sacrifice because you have to go through a lot of stuff to do this. Oh. I, don't, I I wouldn't want to do it. I'm like, no, I don't, <laughs> the hell with that. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it, but I wouldn't do it at all. No. no. Yeah, and I I mean I think too, like especially the the time the time and age that we're in and everything i think that, that just goes to show who really does love it and who really wants to do it because like 10 20 years ago like yeah it was it was cool to be in a band you know like that was how you got laid and that was how like you know you got signed and then you got a hit and this and that like none of that exists anymore all of that is out the window so like if anyone who's out there really doing it you know that they really love what they're doing otherwise they wouldn't be doing it because like it's like you said it's a lot of sacrifice it's a lot of late nights it's a lot of you know driving three and a half hours to a gig just to play to the bartender and the the venue owner and then you have to drive all the way back and then you got work the next day and then you're sore for like the next week like it's just uh like you have to love what you do otherwise you are going to be miserable you, you, you got to because there's a lot of things that are going on in the human component that fans don't ever seem to incorporate I don't understand why these bands break up. I don't understand why these bands are always fighting. Why are they such jerks? And then when you explain to them that, listen, this is not an easy life. Touring itself is damaging to people. It's damaging to your health. It destroys all the relationships around you because you can't Mm -hmm. even have friends anymore. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. I got to go hit this in Japan right now. These are not normal conversations that people have. You you, you don't have girlfriends are going to stick around. Your wife's going to probably be gone if you have a wife. 
So people don't realize that the reason why those people in the bands tend to get close is because for a lot of part of their lives, that is their whole damn life and, and, and family and friendship. So right there, because you can't have too much outside of it. And that's the reason why you find lots of people right now don't even want a tour, especially the ones that have established enough that they made some money. They don't mm -hmm. even want to deal with it anymore. You know what I mean? Robert Plant's saying, dude, I'm a grandfather. You think I want to go on the friggin' tour? What the hell do I need that for? And he's right. Yeah. He's right. You know, he's trying, to, he's trying to tell you in the nicest way possible. You know, I'm like 70-something years old. I don't want to live out of a damn suitcase and out of a hotel. I've done that crap already. I have, yeah. young, I have young people right now telling me this stuff when, when they're in the bands. I got to do that? Uh, yeah, you're going to be pretty much friendless, uh, girlless, <laughs> you know? You might even be cashless for a while. I mean, going oh, yeah. out there to try to do all this stuff, and it takes all of that if you want to do this. And if you haven't really considered those elements, you're not going to make it. It's not going to be someplace for you because you got to give up a lot to be in this thing. They really do. Yeah, yeah. Not to, I mean, not to mention all the variables, you know, that come with touring. You know, like I've been hearing so many horror stories lately of you know bands just getting all of their all of their gear stolen. That's actually more common now than I think it ever has been. So I can't even imagine being thousands of miles away from home and you're broke and you just had your gear stolen. Like, what what are you supposed to do at that point? Like, it's it's it has to be one of the most – I mean, I don't know if it is the most, but it has to be one of the most vicious businesses to try and try and get into and trying to just stay afloat. Like, it's – I mean, it's uh, it's madness over here. <laughs> but it, again – It is. I know at least two bands that, that, that told me that, and, and I don't know how, how successful this is going to be, but it's certainly worth a shot. They, they want to, like, do some kind of, like um, – uh, what's that fellow's uh, name – um, did the eye in the sky and um, oh oh yeah the Alan Alan Parsons they want to do some kind of mm -hmm. Alan Parsons thing on a metal basis where all he does is cut these damn songs with various musicians and then just releases them and never tours. They said maybe we could do that and that could still keep <laughs> us afloat. I'm like hey why not why not give that a shot I don't know if it'll work or not but why not who says it, it doesn't work because ultimately if you can't get on a tour that's what's happened to you anyway. <laughs> so yeah. why not why not try to like steer it that way and just do it all on marketing now and see if you can yeah. you can push it that way so i had a few people that, that they're interested trying to do that to see if that's going to work i mean maybe it can work i mean because you know with the technology we have you do have certain freedoms that you didn't have before it's just that the industry has changed so much as well too i mean you know the, the vinyl really doesn't sell as you already know cds are pretty much old hat you know and even when you think that Wow, I got 12 songs in this album, and and, and uh, Apple's selling them for 99 cents each. That's like a lot of money. Well, it, people might only like one song, and that's all they're gonna buy. You know, and it also gives them the freedom to do that as well. What do you do when you know your 12 songs are not selling, only one of them is? So, not, uh, not to mention that you're not even gonna get all of that 99 cents if they buy that one song. Yeah, so, yeah. like, you also gotta take that into consideration too. Yeah, yeah, you might maybe you get 40 cents or something. So. If you're lucky. Yeah, yeah if you're lucky, because you probably still got to pay other people and do other mm -hmm. things. But yep. I definitely think it's worth exploring, so I would always encourage people to try to be interesting and experimental, because I don't think that we're done with doing interesting technological things, especially where it concerns metal. But I would hope that somebody someday comes up with a better idea on how people can be touring and everything, because I really think there's still a market for that, and a lot of people want to see more people on tours 
And I swear, the last five years, it seems like the, the tours are just getting smaller and smaller. And, and not only are they getting smaller, but the list itself is large. So I'm, and I'm saying to myself, let me get this straight here. There's seven bands on this tour, and they're only going to ten cities. Are, are they going to make like $14 in a, in a Big Mac? Because I don't understand how the hell they're even making any money on that, let alone yeah. trying to sell the album. I'm like, how is yeah. this even possible? I don't well, care I how think... much the ticket is. I don't see how splitting this is working. Yeah, well, I think the uh, a lot of the issue, too, is that a lot of venues don't want to take risks on a lot of these bands either because they look at, well, how many people can they bring in? They look at their social media, and if they don't have the numbers that they require to play on that venue, then they're not they're not even going to give you the time of day. So I think it's a lot harder now, especially because you got platforms like facebook and twitter that don't exactly show all of your posts to all of your followers you have to actually pay to get all of your followers to see you so if you have to pay just to get everybody to see you then how do you even know that like what you're putting out there is going to reach everybody like like you want like it's just it's so much more difficult now i think to to get those likes to get those follows you know and have them be genuine and being being able to connect with everyone they make it so much harder which in turn makes it harder for the venues to take chances on these uh these upcoming bands so like it's just it's a lose-lose for everybody so it just i mean i'm with you there man i mean i love there's nothing better than a live show whether you're in the whether you're in the pit the crowd or you're on the stage. It's just it's a feeling unlike any other. And like I think people will always stick to that. But but yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Like you do see the clubs getting smaller and and not so many people coming out anymore. Especially now that a lot of people are starting to live stream. Like it's almost like you're there kind of thing. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not the same. But I mean they got them. Yeah, they got people doing that too. So like it's another it's, it's another option to to help you know to help you know with the whole touring thing at least it's at least it's something and i don't think it's the solution but I, no, I, i'm not against it at all i mean it's something that oh, you, no, you can yeah. have especially if you're in one of those areas where even when there's tours they might not be stopping at your place so why not have a live stream over right there? At or, least you're or something you know true or if you know you're a fan of a band from another country and there's no way you can make it over there that'd yeah, be a great way exactly. you know reach out to them too so yeah i, I understand that but yeah they're going to come up with some better model on this because I really think there's a market out there if somebody's willing to invest in something like this. But, you know, the fans have to understand some of the mathematics. I mean, I just came from a hockey band with my with, with my kids. We went out um, yesterday. and uh, No, I'm sorry, on Saturday. And, uh, I was, and I was talking to the guy because I'm a veteran and I get some veteran tickets and I get a bit of a discount and it helps with the kids because, you know. But it isn't cheap to go over there even with that, you know. And mm-hmm. And, you know, the food's enormously expensive. You can get a couple pieces of pizza and a couple sodas, and you already got $40. I mean, it's not a joke, you know? It's like three times yeah. three times what it costs everywhere else. And then he's telling me the numbers. He's like, Mark, man, this is the way it works, okay? Just to have this hockey team over here in this big stadium, okay, uh, we, we need to sell out. And, and not only do we need to sell out, but we need to sell some shirts. And we need to really get this food moving, and we need to push all this alcohol a lot. And the reason why we need to do that is just for the three hours – for this stadium to operate, we have to put out over $300,000. So those costs don't go away even if the tickets are not selling because the people who are working, they want their hours guaranteed. They're not going to show up and, yeah, you can go home now. We're not making a lot of money. It doesn't work that way. You're doing all this up front. So imagine if that's with an athletic event, imagine how it would be on a musical event where they're not really sure what kind of draw they're going to be. They're not really sure who's going to come up and do this and do that, but they have costs that are fixed. And we're not talking about just the light bill. We're talking about security, and you're talking about 
you know, technical people running around doing stuff, and then the cleaning people, and then the people manning the, you know, the the, the, the t-shirts and, and whatever else the hell they're selling. I mean, those people all have to get paid, and they're not waiting. They don't want to usually get paid up front for whatever they're doing. So right. you can imagine that how expensive something like that is. So oh yeah, sometimes I think fans they, they forget that um, you know it's show business. It's not you know show art. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's just so much more difficult now. And I think a lot of thing too is that like uh, it's not enough. I think to just have social media presence. I think now you have to. You kind of have to like do it all sort of thing like you got you got to look at marketing you got to look at ways of advertising and promoting um a new single or a new uh, music video you know like i mean you kind of have to take it into your own hands now and you got to kind of go all across the board you know like there's i mean it's cool now because you do have a lot of different ways to promote there's also you know radio stations you can submit to um playlist curators you know all this all this other stuff so i mean i think all of that definitely helps but i mean there still is no like you said concrete set of like how to go about doing all of this everyone's kind of just riding on blind faith really right now that that's really what it is and it's one of the things i stress on the show especially on the literary side of things is that oftentimes as much as we feel we have enormous amount of freedom and how technology uh, even in writing you know, it really aids us. And of course, even the show, you know, is based on all the technology that I'm, I'm using for the show to get the, to get the show out there for the, for the world to listen to. It is always a risk and it is often uh, an act of, of faith. And that can be a little maddening for some folks because, you know, they might want to look for something that's more guaranteed. But I'm like, hey, you know, work at the post office. That's pretty guaranteed. And be bored, <laughs> and be bored to death. If you want to do yep. anything else interesting, well... It's going to take some time. It's going to take some sacrifice. It, it takes all of that. And, and if you want to do it and you want to make a, you know, an impact on it, it you, you might realize that it, it, it's an investment and, and it could take a while. It's not something that can happen overnight. Not to say that that doesn't happen, that there's some examples of that. But, you know, like I always say on the show, you can't manage by exception. You have to manage by the standard. The standard is it takes a lot of time. I mean, the average person out there, doing metal right now they, they might have been doing it five ten years before they got anywhere yeah yeah i mean the there's always going to be a risk factor with anything in life that that is a worthy of something you know whether it's that person that you love or whether it's that degree that you want or whether it's that you know that song that you want to make or what, what whatever it is you know like there you there's always going to be that chance that it's not going to work out or it's, you're going to fall on your face, but you still got to like, you got to take that leap anyway, man. And I mean, I think like for me, I, I, I have no idea where this is going, but I also like the idea that I don't know where this is going because I'm not expecting anything. So if something does happen, awesome. But if it doesn't, eh, you know what? I had a good time. I had fun and I can, you know, at least say, Hey, I, gave it my all i gave it a shot and that's more than what most people can say that just you know just you know go work at the post office and like hey you know what this is fine i'll stick with this <laughs> yeah and so. I, don't, I don't say that to make fun of those people but what, no, what, no, what i do not. what i do say the same thing is what you say it's necessary to do because in the end even if it doesn't work out you don't have to worry about having the rest of your life full of regret 
I could have right. did this. I should have did that. Blah blah blah. You know how many people I meet like that on a regular basis? It's like mm-hmm. da- it's like daily. Sometimes I see them in the street. I'm like, I need to walk away. I can't hear another story about how I didn't want to play the violin and now I, I have a, a boring life. I, I just don't want to hear it anymore because it's not like they haven't been told. I tell people on, on a regular basis. Yeah, make the investment. Yeah, take the chance. Do the sacrifice. If this is really what you want, this is really what you have to do. Otherwise, then it's okay to walk away from it. As long as you don't feel like you're having anything regretting, you don't really feel like you're losing out on something, then there's nothing wrong with walking away from it. Because lots of people do. But unfortunately, a lot of people I've known, especially from my childhood, I mean, they they live lives of regret because they didn't explore what that could have been. Yeah. And I mean, I, I still have like older, older family and I guess older friends that would, they're, they're, they're those kind of guys. They're just like, yeah, I remember when I was younger and I played in a band. Yeah, we could have been something, this and that. I'm like, well, what'd you guys do? Like, oh, they broke up. It was, it didn't work out. I'm like, well, why did you, like, I'm thinking to myself, like, why did you stop? Like, you could have, you could have been, you never know. Like, that's, that's always the thing is that I just, I just, I don't, I don't understand that, but also I'm not, that's not my life. I don't, I wasn't there. I can't comment, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you just try to, wrap your wrap your own psyche around others but like it's it's just one of those things man like i i can't imagine not doing this and not putting everything i have into it like right and that's that's the definition of 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 an artist tray i don't mean to sound judgmental but i cannot help but be honest about my feelings that if you give up your dream without exploring every damn thing that could have been possible with it you you not only do you deserve the failure you're going to have to now live with that failure 30, right. 40, 50 years. People mm-hmm. shouldn't have to live that way. But unfortunately, that's the choice they make. And oftentimes, in the end of the day, we're defined by these choices, good or bad. Yep. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Now, was you able to, to bring like a track or something that you wanted us to sort of like hear and see some of the newer things that you were doing? Yeah. Um, okay. So, um we we have about I want to say maybe like six or seven singles. They're still not completely finished. Uh, they're they're actually probably I think we have one more coming out next month, but the rest of them will probably be out in 2020. But uh, I would like to um, show uh, show show you guys at least one song uh, of an instrumental that I have. Uh, it's going to be one of the singles that uh, I, I've showed a little preview of it on our Instagram. If anyone follows us on there um it was called damages uh it's it's one of our it's, it's one of the newer ones um okay all right uh let's see, pull it up and you just want me to play it through here yeah if you can okay. i mean it don't have to yeah. be a perfect but it kind of gives people a sample idea about what you're doing gotcha okay all right one sec here we go all right here's damages Is any way to get that a little louder? Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. 
right, man. I really like that a lot. I, I, I feel it has a lot of uh, a lot of that candle mask kind of doom metal in it, but then it also has some progressive elements too. You know. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. That that one's uh that, that one's been floating around for a little bit. I've been going through a couple of different drafts vocally, trying to get that one just right. So like it's still it's still you know in the working stage, but yeah, that that one will definitely be out sometime next year. Yeah, that's that's definitely my jam right there. Do you have an idea about lyrically where you think that song is gonna go? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the song's called Damages. The the idea behind it is sort of uh you know kind of coincides with what we were talking about earlier. Um, sort of how you know an artist like it always seems like the best work that an artist does normally comes from a you know a place of like deep sorrow or a pain, some sort of pain or some sort of traumatic experience that they've encountered you know like you, you you it's through all of these bad things that happen that we're able to create this amazing stuff and um damages is sort of coming to that point where i'm sort of you know just frustrated that like why do i why do i always have to put all of my you know, like, I mean, it, it's, it's the way this is like it, like how I'm saying is this is just how I see myself personally is how, how I'm writing. It's like, why do I always have to be so miserable to put out something good sort of thing? It's sort of my, it's sort of me venting out my frustration of, you know, like come and, you know, look at how sad and upset and pathetic I feel and sort of, you know, just sort of like wrapping my head. Like I kind of, um, I'm kind of uh, relating it to sort of like uh, a freak show sort of thing where like, you know, you put on display and you're kind of just like exposing all of these things about yourself that, you know, like how how in, um, how sensitive you are and how how you just how you're just in a lot of pain kind of thing. Like that's sort of the the idea behind it. Like I said, it's still it's still manifesting and all that. I'm still working out a lot of the parts that I want to say and everything, but that's where it's coming from lyrically. All right, I like that. That's gonna be. That's definitely gonna be a, a compelling uh, a song. It has a really good, uh, I think, uh, rhythm to it. I, I, I like how it kind of drives. It's not just staying there. It feels like it's moving forward, and and, and I and I like the ideas behind the the lyrics for that. So that's gonna that's gonna be excellent. And I happen to agree with you, although that that might seem sometimes distressing about how we seem to get our best artwork from from the from the moments of trauma in our lives. But, right. But Dio said in the interview that he he felt that it was a good idea for him to stick to dark things because he felt that there was more truth in them than some of the lies have been told when people are being positive because he always felt that was more of a, a artificial cover up than it was real like they still felt the same dark things he felt they just didn't want to actually be out in the open about it at least he was so that was his theory on it. Oh yeah, I I 110% agree with that too. I think that I mean, there's there's some sort of disconnect with that. I think that sometimes people are when when you're just being honest or when you're just being truthful, someone will just tell you, oh, stop being so negative or why are you such a pessimist? And it's like, but this is what this is what really happens, though. Let's let's think logically here for a second. This is where what it comes down to. Like, how are you going to how are you going to sit there and like. I don't know. Like, is, is your world just like a bubblegum pop kind of world? Like, I don't know. But like, that's just that's one of the things that always like that's what always spins me out. It's like I'm not being negative, just being real. Like, come on. I don't know. But but yeah, I do. I do totally get where that's coming from. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's just I, I don't always feel that that darker subjects are necessarily bad. 
because as long as, as if they're not, I, I feel like blasphemous or just purposely being bigoted, there's nothing wrong about talking about some of the darker things because sometimes those are the things that educate us and those are sometimes that those are the things that help us become more secure. I mean, one of the things I had to tell, because the world we live in now, I had to tell my children, I said, listen, I know you feel like you're older and you're familiar with this arena and you're comfortable with your environment, but this is still a place with 10,000 people. You're not going to the bathroom with all these men without having a chaperone. I'm coming with you. I don't care what you think. Right. I don't care. The world is still dangerous. There's no. Yep. I mean, you're not going over to get popcorn without me being there. No, I'm not waiting here at the seat for you to come back and I'm wondering where the hell you're at. That's just, yeah. We don't have that kind of world. I have no choice but to feel that way because it, it's not every other day I read some report of someone trying to snatch a kid in the supermarket and you think you're safe oh, there. You're not. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I got two small kids. You know, I got my wife saying, you, you better make sure you have a plan, Mark. And I'm like, yeah, I got a plan. The plan is not out of my damn sight <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's my plan. Yeah man. <laughs> yeah, man. I know exactly what you mean, dude. It's so it's so horrible now because uh, I'm a I'm a vendor. So like I go, you know, from grocery store to grocery store and it's so terrible now because every time I go into a grocery store, I'm thinking to myself like, OK, so if something happens, like where's the where's the quickest exit? What's what's the fastest way out of here? How do how do I like try to get somewhere that like I, I'm always like kind of like alert now so much more alert. And I feel like so many more people are now, too. Like that's because the world is so crazy now. You don't know when someone's just going to snap and try and shoot everybody or or anything man it's just it's it's so intense like i don't i don't know what happened but like yeah so like it's kind of hard to believe that there is a lot of i mean there still is good in this world i'm not i'm not saying there isn't but i'm just saying it's so much harder to be of that mindset now you know with with everything going on i i, I agree i i still i still say positive and i i'm positive with my with my children but i, I make it really clear to them that listen there are some bad people out there Mm -hmm. And when we put ourselves in situations like an arena or even a, a large department store, you're putting yourself in a situation where there are a lot of people, which means that some people can be lurking out there using that to their advantage to snatch, mm -hmm. to snatch somebody. So I mm -hmm. go, if we're going to walk into that environment, we have to be more more careful than if we're in Starbucks, okay? It's just the way it has to be because right. if you're going in a different environment. There be might be some people there waiting, and we need to make sure, and we know – from from just the examination of these events that when parents are, are diligent and when, when they're when they're guarded and, and when they're keeping that child by them things don't happen it only happens when the parent is not looking or not or not being uh, careful or, or just being neglectful that those things happen every single yeah. time those things have happened it's because the parent has stopped doing their their, their diligent duty but when they yeah. did it no one try to snack the head when you're right there with the parent. They don't. They're frightened to death to do something like that. Oh, they only yeah. want to do it when nobody's looking and no one's no one's guarding. So there is a remedy to that situation, but there's just no way to tell a kid, you know, in, in some ultra positive way that yeah, you know, everybody in this venue wants to be here for the hockey game and have a hamburger and with their kids because you just don't know who you're dealing with and you, yeah. you you don't and you have to. So you have to make them more aware. And maybe for a moment you got to take a little bit of their innocence, or even possibly a, a bit of their childhood away. But I'd rather do that than be on the news trying to get my kid back. You know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's so crazy out there, man. Like, 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes I have to just like put down, put down the phone or just turn off the TV just because it just, it just gets to be too much sometimes and it just, it gets in your head. And I, I mean, you don't want to, I think we're all kind of victims of generalization sometimes, you know, especially when there's like a really big tragedy that's, that's happened, you know, you're kind of just sitting there thinking like, oh, like, what the hell is wrong with people? What is wrong? Like it just brings everything down, you know, and it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird feeling because you don't know how much you're supposed to care and, uh, you know, care about the situation and address it. Or if you're supposed to just ignore it and move on, like it didn't happen. Like, I feel like there's positives and negatives to both of those things. And it's kind of just like, where do you, you know, where do you make sense of it all? You know, like it's, it's, it's wild. Well, I, I like the fact that uh, metal continues to talk about interesting subjects. One of the things that always have drew me to metal, and I listen to other forms of music too, by the way, but I love metal because lots of times it tackles the subject matter that other music forms won't. You're not going to hear anybody in country music talk about the effects of being in a sanitarium and, and what that does to the mental health that you're already having to deal with and how you feel in the many ways you're no different than a prisoner, even though you haven't done anything wrong. Something's wrong with your mind and you have a disease, you know, Metallica doing something like that. Right. You're not going to hear that in other forms of music. Oh, that's too controversial. That's, that's too difficult. I can't do this and that. So uh, metal in many ways tackles things that you don't see. Oftentimes, some of the best war songs come out of metal. You know, you're not going to get it in pop music. You'll get a couple examples, but they're going to be mostly anthems or something and usually something that's anti-military. To me, that's not really helpful. But, um, Metal covers lots of lots of different subjects. Uh, I've seen Queen's Reich cover subjects about the dangers of, of overuse of technology and, and how sometimes that might curb our, our freedoms if we give the government too much power or give corporations too much over us. These are valid examples of, of things that we should be thinking about. And you're only going to find stuff like that from, from metal. And then, of oh. course, you have a lot of the fantasy elements. I mean, Sweden is, is this... I don't know. It seems like every other progressive metal band over there is singing about dragons flying around and kings and everything. <laughs> cool. I like that stuff anyway, too. I think it's cool. Again, yeah. I'm not, you're not going to have Mariah Carey singing about dream, dreams and demons and you know and, and, and kings and magical powers. No, she, she's not going to be singing about that. She's going to be singing about you know the same thing she sung about 35 years ago. Ah, one day. You know, that's about <laughs> it. You're not going to get anything else more interesting than that. God bless you. Yeah. She has a hell of a voice. But I don't want to hear the stuff she has to say because it bores me. I love the voice. God, I wish we could get her to do a metal song or something. That'd be awesome. That woman can <laughs> sing. She can sing. But uh, this what she sings about. It's like I'm gonna fall asleep. You know. So that's the great about thing about metal is it brings up all these very interesting topics, very interesting points. Some of the best political stuff that comes out of music sometimes comes out of medical. Believe it or not, you don't have to agree with what other political slant they have. I remember hearing stuff from with suicidal tendencies going, Jesus, this is super political. And it was just awesome, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I think, I truly think metal is probably one of the only genres, if not the only genre, that has such a wide range of subjects like you can talk about. And I think because of that is why there is such a deep, deep loyalty and such a deep loyal following from like metal fans that's why these these fans were so extremely passionate because they tap into like the very psyche that like the you know the normal person like goes through and that's like you said you're not going to hear that on a pop song you're not going to hear that on a rap song most likely not and 
it, it's just it's it's not afraid to push the push the boundaries if it needs to not that not that it has to but if it needs to it will and it will like do it with a smile on its face so like, i think that explores a lot of this, there's a lot of topics and subjects you just don't hear anywhere i think that's one of the elements that brings people to metal beyond yeah, and beyond you know leather and 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 you know and, and spikes and and crazy little shows and blazing guitar solos sometimes people are just there because it has a message for them that they can't get anywhere else yeah, man, it can be anything, man. You can, there's, there's pretty much any, any subject matter you can make it metal. Like, I mean, like Trivium has a, has a really great kind of love song called This World Can't Tear Us Apart that is like, it's got one of the best metal solos I've heard in a long time. And I mean, you also got bands like Gore that say, I hate love songs. That's another great, amazing song. You got bands like Iron Maiden that are like, writing songs like rhyme of the ancient mariner stuff that i used to like read in high school that they would like my my english teacher actually used to play so much iron maiden because yeah pretty much pretty much all the english stories that we that we read there was there was a song about it so we were able to you know uh, lord of the flies all of this and that but it was pretty cool but like yeah there is just so there is really no limit to what you can talk about with 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 heavy metal you know and i mean it just it taps in i think deeper than what any other genre of music can, you know, cause other, other, other forms of music can make you feel, they can make you get really deep in your feels. But I feel like metal not only does that, it makes you think, it makes you like, it gives you some kind of strength. It gives you some kind of like validation. Like I can, I can do this. I can get over this or, or like, I'm not alone. Like there's just so much comfort, I think in that. Yeah, there really is. And, and, and you can kind of come, Really, uh, not only build an audience, but also you can speak about some things that people, uh, they feel relevant in their lives. I mean, I, I love Living Color, and lots of their songs, you know, they have to do with the the experience of being uh, feeling separate in a society that says you're, you're equal. And, and, and some of the issues they had uh, even dealt with themselves when they went on tour, and, and the fact that they're all black, and, and how people still react in a strange way to that. And they were able to yeah. get, they were able to get those stories out to people to let folks know. And to me, that's not only vital and important, but it shows you how it continues to reinvent itself. It continues to be open to new experiences and new ideas. Where, not to make fun of country or, or, or pop, but if you think about it, it, it's still pretty limited in what they can do there. And, and metal is not limited; it's it's unlimited. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I think metal is one of the only genres that has subgenres. I don't really know a whole lot of, you know, like I mean, with metal, you got, you got hair metal, you got thrash, you got death, you got uh, new metal, you've got you've got all these different types yeah, of you got doom metal, and you got black yeah, metal, you got Viking. Metal. It's actually a Viking metal. Can you believe that? Whole, whole, whole <laughs> genre of Viking metal. That's all these bands do is Viking stuff. I'm like, wow. Metalcore, deathcore, mathcore, yeah. all these cores. I mean, yeah, it's just it's all this different stuff, man. There's so many different elements to it, and there's just different dimensions. And I don't think you get that with with pop or country or I mean, I mean, I, I mean, that might sound a little ignorant, but I mean, it's just there's just so much more to this, especially the playing and how articulate you have to be to play it, kind of thing. You know, that's another big factor that most people don't take into consideration a lot of the time. No, they're, 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 it's more limited on the other forms of music. It's not a criticism; it's just the truth. It really is. You know, I mean, right. there's rap, and there's like maybe three forms of rap. You know what I mean? You got your commercial rap, you got your gangster rap, and and you just got the the comedic rap type stuff. I mean, you don't have much there. They only have a couple of forms. Pop music doesn't really have that much. You got a light rock version of it. You got a Mariah Carey kind of thing going on there. 
you got a couple of these bands that they don't even know if they're rock or anything. They just they sure. just play. Imagine Dragons. Okay, I don't even know what they are. Right. You know, you got those right. and, and country music. You got the, the ones that are more traditional with the hats on, and then you got the other guys that you know they they want to like speed on the guitar and do some synthesizer stuff, and the songs sound no different than Journey. So you got a right. pop country, but you you got only a couple of those. So there's not too much at all out there. And because they are limited in in the subgenres, they I think they're also limited in the content too. Because of that reason, where metal, I mean, I, I think it has like about ten or fifteen different subgenres at least. Oh yeah, at yeah, least, you know, easily, easily, yeah. And that that helps keep it going, and it helps keep it interesting, and it's why I've always, because as a writer. You know, I wanted to find something that was speaking to some of the things I was interested in. So I, just like everybody else, they gravitated to, to Iron Maiden. I mean, they're talking about World War Two. They're talking about Greek mythology and talking about Roman days. And you know, they're talking about all kinds of things that you know come from a literate place because they got a singer that you know he actually read a book. Right. <laughs> We're not supposed to read books. We're all supposed to be dumb. Oh my God, he's reading books. What the hell? Yeah, he reads books. Okay. So sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> yep. Uh. And I, that's what I make. That's why I, it's so exciting. It's great to listen to. It's great to write about. And it's great to talk to folks like you that are out there doing this, especially since. You know, I, I happen to be on the sidelines. I, I've never had an interest in doing any of it because I'm not a musician, I'm not a singer, and never tried to be one. I knew I was a writer, and I was happy I was happy with that. And I still am after all these years. But uh, I, I've never given up the, the, the metal fascination because uh, I always find it uh, relevant. And I've always find it uh, doing things that other things are not being done with other forms of music. You, you just don't see it. You know, you hear something like from Warbringer and you know, like, yeah, nobody is going to do an album about the tragedies and the battles uh, of World War One. Nobody but, right. but them. I mean, come on. It's just not going to get done. So it's just uh, they do things that just haven't, haven't been done before. And then that's what makes it to me to be a uh, very interesting and, and, and very uh, very exciting, especially since, you know, we don't really have an MTV anymore. We don't really have the, the metal videos we used to have. That was kind of fun to check out, you know, and, oh, yeah. and a lot of times it's hard to, to get metal even on the radio. You know, even satellite radio only has so much. And, and, and God bless, uh, you know, uh, you know Eddie over there doing his show. But even he is limited in the stuff he plays because he tries to play more commercial than than anything else. You know, yeah. So you're going to miss a whole lot of bands just because he's not playing them. Uh, right. They, they haven't come up yet. I'll do them one day. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's normally how it goes, man. It's yeah. I mean, it's. But again, I think that just the love for the genre itself, man. I think that's why all of us are willing to put up with 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 anything just to, just to be able to get on stage or just to be able to you know get behind the booth and just do what we love to do. Like that's that's always that's always what it's been about, and I think. I mean, I think that's always how it's going to be, you know, and I mean, even if it's even if none of us really make it like I feel like we're all still just at the end of the day, we're still we're still going to listen to the same stuff we listen to. We're still going to play. We're still going to it's still going to be that passion, you know, so like that'll never die. I don't think now, I, for the people that are committed to doing it, uh, it, it really doesn't. And I, I commend them and God knows I do whatever I can to support them because I just don't like the people that dream and then and then they just walk away 
Yes. Oh, yes. That bothers me too. And I think another frustration I've always encountered is that, like, especially like going back to uh, all the people that you know we used to play with, uh, there were some amazing, amazing, talented players that we came up with. Man, like some great guitar players, some great drummers, great singers, and they all just like just kind of just gave it gave it up. And to me, like that frustrated me because it's like here I am, busting my ass trying to sound decent, not even good, just trying to sound decent. They can just pick it up and they sound amazing. I'm like, and you're just tossing it aside. Like, do you know what I would give to have just even a, a little bit of that talent that you have? So, like, I guess in a way it's good because it helped me, like, it forced me to get better and to continue to push myself to get better. But it's also just like, wow, like, it's it's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's super frustrating. I know with writers, you wouldn't believe how many people I come across that they're so self-destructive. I can't even work with them because it's just too much. And they're, yeah. and they're great artists, but it's like, you know, you need to get it together. I, I I can't be dealing with this kind of nonsense. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, and I don't want people to walk away, but sometimes you you, you can't you can't abide that kind of stuff. You really can't. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and then it, it's I, I said this on the other show the other day, but it it, it, it the point continues to need to be made because I, I it comes in my ears all the time. My father telling me, in just a casual way, he said. Uh, you know, Mark, uh, God makes 10 violinists because he knows that only one or two of them are going to make it. Not because they all suck, it's because they all give up. So mm. that's what he told me. And he's, and I find that to be right. I, I find I know more writers that have given up than I know writers that, that have stuck with it because they don't want to deal with the hassle. They don't want to deal with the sacrifice. So sometimes right. it's too hard, even though they're very talented. So, I mean... It probably works on all the arts that there's so many people that are born to do this, but so few of them are going to take on the calling because it is it is arduous journey and, and it is something that requires sacrifice. You you do have to make choices that is not always easy. I I have a family with kids and I still want to do this and, and do the show and do the publishing and I have a, a literary journal as well. I do all of this stuff and somehow make it all work. And, and, still, yeah. and still have a marriage and kids and, and nobody hates me thank god but, <laughs> but it's because i try to balance it the best i can i i want it all and i'm gonna have to do a lot of extra work to keep it all and that's what i'm willing to do because this is what i want and if this is what i want and i have to do the extra work to keep it and then sometimes people don't realize that even if they're born with a gift that you know, it still requires work and perseverance and it still requires faith even if you're naturally gifted and it still requires you constantly going out there and unfortunately having to reprove yourself. That becomes monotonous for people. Sometimes that wears people down. And that's the reason why he said that God makes so many so many versions of this sort of thing. Because he knows only a couple of them are going to make it. Because he understands the human condition and, and the character of humanity it gives up more than it stays. You know, there's a quote uh, that I once heard on... Uh... I uh, say I'm a, I'm a really big pro wrestling fan and I, I love like watching wrestler, uh, wrestlers like do cut promos. And there was this one promo this one guy said and it stuck with me. It resonated with me and it's still I still stand by it today. And he said, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. And that always that always stuck in my mind because like that's to me, that's like that spoke to me more because it's like going back to what we were just saying, you know, like we you're around all these talented people, but they don't want to put in the time and the effort. And it's like. I am willing to put in the time and the effort. I may not have the talent, but I can definitely put in the hard work. And I feel like that's that really spoke to me, and that's still what fuels me to this day. So like I think if 
if there's anything out there that people can take from from this, it's like definitely that quote right there. And and, and I completely agree because it, it lends itself to to the to the ultimate truth is that this is work. It might be art, and it might be entertainment, and you might have a whole lot of fun doing it, but it is work. And if you don't have a work ethic, if you don't have some kind of plan, if you don't have a method of organizing things, it'll become chaos, and then it's going to just ruin you, and then you're going to walk away because you need to have all of that in place. And I find the people that have the strongest work ethics, they always wind up becoming the most successful. And they feel they didn't have talent, and they realize later on, that that work ethic helped them become better and better and better until they got to the place that they wanted to be. And how did they get there? From from the work ethic and from the practice for it all, from the organization, from the confidence they got from all of that, that's how they became creatively interesting and creatively valid. Absolutely. So I'm expecting great things from you now. I just set you, <laughs> I set you up for that. That's how it has to be now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I got a lot to live up to. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I love the song you did with this damages. It, it really has a, a lot of potential. And I kept saying to myself, oh, what lyrics can I put in there just to mess around with this in my head? You know, because I'm like, <laughs> I could do some cool stuff with this. I mean, that's how that's how interesting it was. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I, we, I think for us, like, it, that's what I love about so much about Sincere is that, like, it, it's given me a whole new boost on, like, anything else that I've ever been involved in, you know, like in no disrespect to Counting Dead or anything like that, but like this group, like it just, it gives me the, the desire to just want to keep getting better. Like, I just like, like the saying goes, you know, you're only as good as your last song. Like that's, that's, that's how I look at it. It's like, okay, this song is good. We got to crush the next one. And then as soon as we get that one done, it's like, all right, we got to keep topping ourselves. Like I, I want to continue to, uh, to prosper with all of this and, I don't know. I just I feel like I just have such a strong drive now more than I ever have had, you know, and uh, I just I just want to keep going, man. And I just want to keep putting out more music, putting out more videos, more content for like everyone to check out. Like I'm ready, man. Let's I'm 2020, man. We're going to hit the ground running and we got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. So I can't wait to show everyone we're going to we're going to crush it. Well, I'm happy to be there and, and, and to be a very small part of it. Definitely know we're going to have you back next year. You know, Absolutely. To, to, to do whatever we can to, to be supportive because uh, the next generation uh, of, of heavy metal is going to come from, from people like you. Like I, we were mentioning before the show started, you know, in, in our own little um, zone there that um, and not to make any fun of anybody. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that all of our metal heroes are either died dying or it's just so old that they don't want to do this anymore. And, and nobody wants to blame them. You're in your 70s. It'd be nice for you to, just to sort of relax. So right. other people have to come up from, from what they're doing and, and become that next set of, uh, of interesting people that's going to help us go forward as we're, we're exploring space and we're exploring the oceans and we're finding cures to this. And you got countries now that are not warring anymore. They're trying to figure out peace. Things are actually getting better in, in many aspects, and there's a lot of things oh, yeah. to still write about and to talk about. So it's not like you know, Black Sabbath is gone now. That's the end of everything. No, no, no. That's the beginning. Right. That's the beginning of everything. And, right. And that's why Absolutely. that's where you need to be taking us to, to, to that next place. So I'm happy to be a part of that ride. Well, thank you. I really appreciate, it. and I thank you so much for for having me on all these times, man. It's always it's always been a blast sitting here talking with you. Like, it's great that we. You know, I feel like we have a really good chemistry together. Like we bounce back and forth because we both have a passion for 
for metal, for art, and just for, you know, just exchanging ideas. And like, I, I, I feel like I learned so much hearing what you have to say. And I like to think it's, you know, the feelings mutual. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm always happy yes, to be on uh, here. Uh, it, it is mutual. I have a great amount of respect for what you're doing. And, and I also have to humble myself because I'm not doing that as much as I love it. And, and, and you are, and God knows I'm not uh, one of those, uh, those uh, jealous, you know, you know, envious types, but I'm like, well, well God, if he's doing what, what I, I, I would love to, have done out there, then we should do whatever we can to help him, you know, and and that's what we should be doing. And, and, and why not? Because you can't sit back and, and moan in Starbucks, oh, Ozzy's sick, oh, Dio's dead, uh, but Trey's still alive, and we need to get going with people like him. <laughs> that's, what, that's how we have to look at it. God bless God bless those other folks, but, you know, uh, one day they're going to be, you know, they are going to be gone, and, and sure, the music is a legacy to live on, but, you know, we also want some new things, too. I love war pigs, but how many more damn times do I need to hear that? I need to hear some damages now too, you know. So it's just that simple. Hell yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. All right, man. I I I I definitely gonna do whatever I can to help you, and I'm really excited that you're out there. And another perfect example, folks, of metal continuing on to to do interesting things, to do some do some new things, but more importantly, to to bring to the future of metal what we need to be having because uh, we know all about the past and, and we need to now learn what the future is and that's what this is about metal future trying to trying to discover that as early as possible and, and help those folks out so God bless there Trey thank you very much for coming on board folks thank you for listening and, and, and some of your comments and we're going to continue to do this with others as we're able to arrange the schedule because just like the literary show you know arranging a schedule with, with a metal person is not easy you know, I just caught that that uh, that guy Crowbot just from him coming back from Belgium like 48 hours later. He's from yeah. Belgium. So if I try to get that interview a week before that, it was like he was still in Belgium. So it just worked out and he was ready to go. So it's not an easy thing, but it's worth it. And he was worth it. And and you're definitely going to be worth it. If anyone heard that damages, listen to the show again. It was pretty damn awesome. God bless. <laughs> and you take care. And thank you very much. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate Metal it. Future, folks. And Mark Anthony Rossi, you take care. You too. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com. <laughs>